All right now, this is a beautiful and clear May night in Northern California, and you are officially never out of bounds. This is the place where your Second Amendment is always protected, as long as you got them facts. I'm your man, El Jamal, and we're going to get right into some world news here, starting with North Korea. Well, word on the street is that they're finally starting to dismantle some of their nuclear arsenal. Punjiri, a nuclear site 100 miles away from the border with China, is officially being dismantled, confirmed by 38 North, an online tracking site. Many of the buildings have already been destroyed, including some mining shafts. The international media will be invited starting as early as May 23rd to sit in on this process. This is also uh, this also has been confirmed by the city by the Center of Non proliferation studies and also images sent to CNN by the North Korean government. The North Korean government has also agreed to stop testing nuclear missiles without notifying the international community. However, in certain South Korean reports, the summit that they agreed to with Trump in Singapore is is in jeopardy. North Korea has recently fallen out of favor with the U.S. and South Korea due to training that they were not notified of between the two countries. However, the U.S. Uh, and South Korea don't really understand what the issue is and don't really have any problem with the work that they're doing between each other. Well, in U.S. news, the following states, Nevada, Texas, Tennessee, North Carolina, and Tennessee have all joined the case against Purdue Farmer. For Purdue Farmers are the manufacturers of the well-known opioid Oxycontin. Uh, Oxycontin and other opioids have come, in un have come under fire recently due to high levels of addiction. Now these addictions lead to about 175 deaths daily. And the main issue here is the states are suing these companies because of false advertising. They haven't necessarily highlighted the true effects of opioid use including the rampant addiction. This is a big problem and hopefully Maybe they'll these big big pharmacy companies will have some fallback for that. I'm I'm rooting for that. That's the one thing I'm rooting for. Well, celeb news: Ti was arrested this morning for disorderly conduct, public drunkenness, and also assault in Harris County, Georgia. This is basically where he lives. He was released this morning though after posting up his bail. He basically showed up at four in the morning without his keys and basically argued with the security guard who wouldn't let him in. He's just being a hater, the security guard that is. Should have looked the man in. He know he lit there. Just being a little bitch. Him and his little supervisor. He even need to get arrested. Well, anyways, on a positive note, let's talk about the BET Awards. The BET Awards are coming on the 23rd, if I'm not mistaken, the 24th, excuse me, the 24th course on BET, June the 24th, that is. And DJ Khaled is currently leading all nominations with six. He's currently up for Best Male Hip Hop Artist, Album of the Year, Video of the Year. Also, Kendrick Lamar also has five nominations. Migos and SZA come in with four. Cardi B, Bruno Mars, Beyonce also have multiple nominations as well. In, other, in terms of other awards, we got Tiffany Haddish, Lupita Nyong'o, Issa Rae, and Angela Bassett. Oh, and as well as Taraji P. Henson going up for Best Actress. Ch Chadwick Boseman, Michael B. Jordan, Donald Glover, Sterling Brown, Denzel Washington, and Daniel uh, Kaluuya going up for Best Actor. In terms of Best Movie, some of the some of the nominations here are Detroit, the well-known Black Panther, and Oprah's A Wrinkle in Time. Excuse me. Also, we got Athlete of the Year. Uh, such nominees include Serena Williams, Candace Parker, LeBron, and of course Steph Curry. Now, if we have the views 
finally we have the US, uh, Viewer's Choice Award, which is basically for everybody's favorite song of the year. We got Motorsport by the Migos, Cardi B and Minaj, Bodak Yellow, we all know who that is, God's Plan by Drake, and also Humble by Drake. I mean, I'm sorry, Humble by Kendrick, excuse me. <laughs> Well, we're going to get into some sports news a little bit next, and we're going to start with the NFL, then we're going to get into some basketball, and later on tonight I told you we're going to get into some Nelly, so y'all keep tuned. One love. No, no, no. Alright, so on to the NFL. The league owners are going to be meeting up a little bit later on this month, and they're going to be discussing some possible rule changes. Uh, one of those rules would allow for ejections, all ejections to be reviewed. Now, this would help in, help in terms of helmet-to-helmet -helmet contact case in order to determine the content and actual contact with the helmet. They would also be used for all flagrant fouls, so on and so forth. Other rules up for discussion would be the elimination of two-man wedge blocks, the elimination of running for recovery teams on the kickoff, and no blocking in the setup zone until the ball is touched or hits the ground. In other NFL news, Brashad Breeland, a 26-year-old free safety, has visited the Colts today. He was supposed to be signed by the Panthers as a free agent, but he failed a physical after a injury on his foot became infected. Uh, he recently played for the Redskins last year and got 34 tackles, 19 pass deflections, and also one interception. Also, in terms of the NBA, DeMarcus uh, Cousins has decided to unfollow the Pelicans today. This is strange because he's eligible to become a free agent in July. So it kind of seems as though he's no longer interested in playing. When asked on the situation why he decided to <laughs> to leave, the, well, to, to unfollow the Pelicans, he said it was because he was grown. I think it's because he doesn't want to play for them no more. I think he realizes he might not be able to get that contract he wanted. Should have stayed his ass in Sacramento. Just saying he would ask some more money. This year before his Achilles injury, he was averaging 25 points a game, 13 rebounds, 5 or 6 in one block. This would, this would really be hurtful to the Pelicans because I think that they were coming around. Like They had a solid team that they could build upon. They had two guards who can play. They had Drew Holiday and Rondo. Um, you already had Anthony Davis. You had Miritich, who they probably weren't going to keep necessarily, but he could have been a change of pace guy. And then you had the two twin towers. I don't see why the Marcus Cousins wanted to get away from that. I think that was a perfect opportunity for him to win. And I think it's an ego move. I think he figured you can get more on the open market, which he probably can. But I don't think there's a guaranteed shot that he's just going to win. In other NBA news, DeMar DeRozan uh, apparently was going to be sh traded last year by the, by the Raptors. Uh, according to the uh, the GM of the Raptors, they were shopping for a, a bunch of deals, a bunch of deals for him uh, last year in the offseason just to get something, you know, I guess another another championship piece. That's what I guess they were hoping for. He's currently three years in on a five year, one hundred thirty nine million dollar contract. And last year he put up 23 points a game, five assists and a 49 percent field goal percentage. He also also averages averaged about a steal per game. Three potential landing spots for DeMar DeRozan if he were so to be traded would uh, were so to be traded would be his hometown Lakers, the New York Knicks, Knicks, and also the uh, the San Antonio Spurs. 
this one I think is more than likely gonna happen I definitely know for a fact that that team should probably in terms of terms of the, the Raptors it should probably be blown up at some point um, there's not there isn't too much improvement that team can probably do I think for you know the sake of you know saving somebody's career maybe it might be best for him and Lowry to be traded uh, but definitely, I see that happening more so than the Marcus. And it should be an interesting offseason for the NBA. Deadly. Well, y'all, we're going to take a, another quick break. We'll be back in just a second. We're going to discuss, and we're going to discuss the Warriors and the Rockets. Just when I think I'm right, and I know what I think I'm talking about. The NBA playoffs proves that I again, once again, that I know nothing. The Golden State Warriors took a, a shellacking tonight, 127 to 105 against the Rockets, thereby even in the series. I didn't expect this either. Sorry. Uh,. This was another series. I thought the Warriors would be up to zip. I didn't think they'd have an answer for Golden State. I thought they'd score 20 points a game, all starting five, and they would shit on the Rockets. But not tonight. Durant had a monster game going for 38 points, which is really good. Curry was only able to get 16, but I had seven assists. Clay got eight, and Dre only got six points and six rebounds. So, not a good game by any stretch of the imagination for the rest of the Golden State Warriors outside of outside of Durant. Surprising, really. That's something you do not see from them in the playoffs. Now, the question is, does it happen again? Does it, does it not happen again? I don't know. I don't know the, the right answers. But let's get into the Rockets here. James Harden, of course, had a great game. He had 27 points, 10 rebounds. P.J. Tucker had a, a, another great game, 22 points and another 7 rebounds. Ariza added 19 points, 4 rebounds, and 6 assists. And also, you know, Chris Paul had his 16 points and 6, six assists. Even Eric Gordon decides to ball off and get 27 points off the bench. Now, I don't think this happens every night, but they played a lot better defensively tonight. They did a lot to take the ball away. They caused a lot of turnovers. They pressured the ball tonight. Again, it's one of those those situations that surprise you. I had no idea Eric Gordon could ball off the bench like this. I had no idea... You know, James Harden could get 10 rebounds the way he was able to do tonight. That's that's crazy. Um, again, if you look at some of the other box scores for the Warriors, Draymond Green was only able to get six rebounds and six points. That that obviously didn't cut it tonight. Now, whatever whatever the Rockets were able to do tonight, I don't know if they do it every other night from here on in. I, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. But... They're gonna have to have, keep having games like this, <laughs> cause it's gonna be it's gonna be hell 
playing in Oakland. I know that for a fact. But good game by the Rockets. I thought it was a good team game. Everybody showed up. Everybody did their job. Everybody, you know, everybody's skills, uh, specific skill set uh, was on display. I think Clint Capella did struggle uh, in terms of points, but then he also provided 10 boards, which is always important. It's always good to be able to provide something for your team. Double digits, rebounds, that goes a long way. And, it, and, and because when you're playing the Golden State Warriors, it's about possessions. Because they're going to shoot against you. They're going to shoot all day. And they're going to score baskets. You know, so you have to create those opportunities on your own. So whether you can get that through stealing the ball, which they were able to do, or by getting rebounds, you're going to have to do it. You're going to have to make offensive possessions on your own. That's the only way you can beat a team like this. And that's what Houston was able to do tonight. They went on, uh, they were able to get up as as much as 18 points in the second quarter. That's, that's how you beat the Warriors. They controlled the game from beginning to end. They were in the lead. So that, that's how you control a game. And when the game got closer, Houston made plays to extend the lead even more. And eventually the barrage was too much to overcome. I don't know if it's a, a perfect blueprint. Again, we don't know what happens in game three. But tonight was a good game. It's scary good. And if Golden State doesn't watch out, they might let this team back in the door. Because they do have some players, you know. P.J. Tucker can can obviously defend. A reason can defend the uh, defend the wing, excuse me. And he can also scores some threes. He can also score as well as well as P.J. Tucker to some extent. They're not they're not you know all stars from at shooting like Clay and and a, and uh, sorry and Curry. But if you if you if you allow them to do their thing and you let them play their defense and do the other things that make them good, because Ariza also had six assists, so they helped the team out in all different ways. They contributed to this win. All all members and all members of the starting five, and including Eric Gordon, they all contributed in some way to this team's success tonight, and it was good to see. All right, everybody, we're going to wrap this up tonight. We're going to go with another on upon further review. Tonight, we're going to be talking about Nelly. We're going to be talking about some of his work. We're going to be talking about some songs. We're going to be getting into some of his lyrics. And I'm going to be coming at, at you from the side of maybe he's a little bit underrated. Maybe he's better than what you've been giving him credit for this whole time. Maybe, maybe just maybe, he's one of the GOATs. Y'all stay tuned. Now... What do you think of when you think of St. Louis? Do you think about the Gateway Arch? The Gateway to the West? Maybe you think about Kurt Warner. Maybe you think about Marshall Falk. Maybe Isaac Bruce in the greatest show, show on turf. Maybe you're a baseball fan. Maybe, you, maybe you're into Chris Carpenter and Adam Rainwright and Yadier Molina and World Series titles. For me, when I think of St. Louis, I can only think of one man, and that's Nelly. Yeah, I'm talking hot shit, down, down, baby. Mm-hmm. I'm talking that same cat. Now, Nelly originally got on the scene in 1993, and that's when he formed up with the St. Lunatics. Now... If you're a 90s baby like me, 
you probably didn't first hear him till about 2001 and you heard that that jackass track that where the party at you are you remember now this was a, a track that you know was on the charts and also was nominated for a, a grammy eventually losing out to that song by uh by eve and uh, Gwen Stefani, Blow Your Mind, which I didn't necessarily was a fan of. But anyways, that was your first taste of Nelly. Now, his first album, Country Grammar, dropped on July 27th of 2000. And it sold 3 million copies. And it also peaked at number 7. And it also charted in Canada and Australia, where it certified was certified gold. Now, some of the biggest songs y'all remember from there are EI, of course. That peaked at number 16 on the Billboard and was also certified gold. Ride With Me, which is which featured one of his partners, City Spud, and one of his producers, excuse me. That peaked at number three. And this song also charted in Ireland, Norway, and the Netherlands. Come on. The Netherlands. That's crazy. This song, and then on top of this, this song went gold. Now the one the one single that didn't chart in America, Batter Up, which was featuring Murphy Lee and Ali, this song peaked at number eight in Belgium. Belgium, y'all. Also, he got two Grammy nods for the album, one for best uh best album, best rap album, and then also for best male performance, of course, with the you know, with the damn damn baby. You know, they you know we was loving that. I know y'all gonna try to deny it. But y'all, I'm not gonna let you. I'm not gonna refuse. Y'all start talking about you wasn't slapping that. I'm a, I'm calling y'all out. And those are, those are some solid tracks. On top of that, other cool tracks on there though were "Greed, Hate, and Envy." I thought that track was solid because not only does he pretty much describe his experience with on the come up, and also he describes his experience with dealing with these crooked police. You know, and he's basically describing how he just wants to, you know, take his girl on the plane, get up out the States and do his thing with his black money and his black range. Yes, y'all need to peep that, man. Y'all y'all sleeping on him, man. He got bars out here, man. Also, he had that one track with uh Lil Wayne. This is for my niggas. Y'all sleeping. Y'all need to y'all need to listen to that. He started off with some with some with some bars. He goes on a scale of one to ten. I'm I've been rated a twelve. I know this ain't you cats hate it. I got nothing outdated. If it is, it's outrated. S class and everything. Voice activated. That was raw for him. That's why that bar is raw. It works for him. That you can't say KRS One would make that bar sound dope. Prodigy R.I.P. wouldn't make that bar sound dope. Pac wouldn't make that, but Nelly would. Jay-Z, that ain't a bar for Jay-Z. That works for Nelly. And that's a dope-ass bar. He's coming with fire for that ass. Now, his next album was Nellyville. This is, and this is the one that all y'all know about Nellyville. Y'all gonna act like y'all wasn't slapping this either. Y'all, y'all playing. Y'all need to quit. Now, Nellyville was released in June 2002. This uh, featured production from his uh, buddy J.E., who was on the first album, as well as the Neptunes and Just Blaze. Now, this album has six singles and sold 750, uh, sorry, 715,000 copies in its first week. 
and eventually went six times platinum. And it stayed on the it stayed at the top for about four weeks. It also rose to number two in the U.S., Canada, Germany, New Zealand, and the U.K. And it was on the charts in the U.K. for about forty weeks. Now this this album had his first number one hit, which was, you know, you are we ain't gotta say it. You know the main song from this album. Y'all, this was our middle school, and this was some people's adulthood. So when people started trying to shit on Nelly, this was your life. Y'all need to quit. Come out, he suck or he weak now. Man, he was your life. So your life must have sucked, because I don't know about you. My life was dope when he was raw. Look at that. Y'all tripping. Best times of my life. Now, this is when he won his first... Grammy that he wanted for and he running for that it's it it's hot in here you already know he was also nominated for the dilemma song with Kelly Rowland now this was also a that was also a big hit too it ended up being on the tracks for about twenty nine weeks on the Hot One Hundred and also another big hit from that was you know already know the Air Force Ones they had everybody copping the, the pair of tennis shoes there was a little bit of backlash about that song. Because it was corporate, you know, some type of corporate sellout shit. But I don't be real with you. I know I wanted to pair after it. And I know all my partners started getting some. So, there you go. Now, say you wasn't. Say you wasn't. We, we, we could argue about that forever. And y'all know y'all remember Pimp Juice. She only want me for my Pimp Juice. Yeah, that song also peaked at number 11. And then it gave us that nasty ass energy drink. That's the only thing I didn't like. Anyway, that was a dope. That was a dope CD too. Now, a couple of the songs that uh, were notable on that was that uh, number one. Now that that song didn't chart as high as the other singles, but it uh, not only was it significant for it was significant for two reasons. It was also on the Train Day soundtrack with Denzel and Ethan Hawke. And that was a pretty damn good movie that got Denzel an Oscar, so it was featured there. And also, this led to one of the lesser-known rap beefs in hip-hop history. Now, some people may not know about this, but at one point in time, KRS-One called itself beefing with Nelly. Now, the reason why I called itself, called it, you know, quote-unquote beef with Nelly, I don't really consider it a real beef because I didn't think it needed to ever take place what happened was a situation where in the song nelly breaks it down he goes y'all remember the verse man i'm tired of people judging what's real hip-hop half the time would be the motherfuckers with a fucking album flop you know who you know does singing then they left to die he just mad because i'm hot he just mad because he you already know but apparently your boy karis won the og the old school veteran Who's supposed to be, you know, has a higher consciousness than the rest of us. Whatever. 5% motherfucker. You know. Think he's so great. He took the bar and said, oh, he's disrespecting me. And you ought to hear him, man. You, you, if you ever seen Beef, man, I'm telling you, you hear this man. Oh, he he starts to trip. You see his little ego. He starts saying, oh, man, I, I was hearing this through the grapevine that, that rap fans and younger rap fans were saying Chuck D was irrelevant and, and, and Cool Mo D was, was garbage. And then I started hearing about me and I couldn't, ha- man, shut your old ass up. 
you know goddamn your spot is reserved just like the rest of them. What happens is styles change, music changes. And then he laid out his old weak old diss tracks. You know, now I'm taking it back to hip-hop, the roots, and your commercial, and you. Let me dispel something right now about independent labels and, you know, big-time corporate labels. They're still labels. You still signing them mugs. So, the only difference is one has a bigger budget and the other doesn't. And that means the one with the bigger budget can put you out more and the smaller budget people can't even put your record in on radio get consistent radio play there's nothing to be mad about and unless KRS one was doing on was on some two short shit selling them out the out the trunk of his motherfucking cars or had distribution trucks then it ain't like he was all that special doing it on some independent shit on some hype to even be judging somebody about oh, you you this or you that he sounded bitter he came off really, in my opinion, pretentious. Because I felt like if he really wanted to stand up for hip-hop, there was plenty of times before Nelly. And Nelly is not even the worst that rap has ever had. And that's all he did personally in his career was beef. So that's another mark, in my opinion, against him. He just wanted some attention. He He saw Nelly's wave and saw how hot it was Grammy nominated Grammy winning don't get me wrong mainstream success isn't everything but I, I said I, I, I look at it this way to be signed to a major label means you have to compete with other artists signed to major labels who also have strong marketing strong PR so to compete with them and get other people to like you more people to like you then that says something about your music as an artist, now not only don't get it, don't get it twisted. Not only did Nelly chart in in rap, the man could put out songs and chart in R and B, in pop. Now you can you say, "Well, it's pop, it's pop." Oh, well, certain demographics are listening to it. When you're selling six million, everybody's buying a copy, not just the white folk, black people too. I I, I had all Nelly's albums up to brass knuckles. I even bought the last one with the only just a dream shit. Just to, just because I thought that was solid. Come on now. Y'all sleeping. This man, did you let's let's break down some more facts about, about the man Nelly. Okay. Now let, not only did I say mentioned before, Nellyville Nellyville went six times platinum despite despite a hip hop legend wanted to come at his head he won grammys in 03 and 04 remember that that shake your tail feather off the bad boys 2 soundtrack that won a grammy too he won a one come on now he is the fourth best selling rap artist with 21 million as to date country grammar went diamond two years ago come on now Remember that track over and over again? It's all in my head. But Mark McGraw, yeah, remember him? It was a number one on the charts in pop, number seven in rap, number 51 in R&B, dog. Come on. 
That's that song with Kelly Rowland was being played on certain adult contemporary stations. Come on, man. You you slipping. You know that shit was some good music, man. And then on, on top of that, on top of that, did I mention did I mention that he's the first person to first rapper ever to have the number one rap album and number two rap album at the same time on the rap charts and the first to do it since 91 man upon further review Nelly is one of the motherfucking goats and on that note y'all stay up God bless good night